You're listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on WFHR, that's AM 1320, and now 97.5 FM. We're bringing you real estate news for Wisconsin Rapids, Nakusa, and all of central Wisconsin. Welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. We are with Coldwell Banker, Seawert Realtors, here in Wisconsin Rapids. That is correct. In the beautiful month of March, remember these shows are pre-recorded. They are. Right now it's the 9th. Yes, it is. Yes. All day. The 9th of March. Gorgeous day out. Beautiful day. I want to say it was in that uh, upper 30s, lower 40s. The sun came out. It was very nice. It was very nice. I think I gained like another 10 inches of snow or yard. Not another 10 inches of snow. I think I'd run away. Yeah. But I gained more yard. You cannot <laughs> tell that I drove on the yard. I did kind of like. Oh, geez. Well, we had the bathtub in the back of the truck. Right. And I needed to find a spot for it. And I knew I could not jump the snowbank that was out there because it was like a block of ice. And I know that when you jump a snowbank, you get halfway across and then that snowbank rips underneath the bottom of your car. And I think it would just be too high. And I did not want to hurt the truck. So I thought to myself, self, why don't we go the shortest snow possible, which was like through the yard. So I drove through the yard to get to the back half of the yard to drop off the bathtub, which I did very successfully. And then I came back around. So I drove through the yard and you can't even tell I drove through the yard because those tracks are now gone. And that was on Tuesday. And it's now Wednesday. <laughs> There's no tracks. There's no evidence of off-roading. So no one would have known if you hadn't said anything. Exactly. Your, your lawn care professional appreciates that slightly. Right. Although driving on your soil does create compaction. Well, L- with it still it's frozen, frozen, I figured it probably can't hurt it any more than what it currently is in. It's now the next time around, I think, when I go pick up the bathtub, that I need to be a little bit more careful because if the ground is a little bit on the squishy side, uh-huh. that's when we can hurt the sprinkler system. Yep. And maybe the truck as well. So, because I don't want to get stuck in a mud hole and rip up the grass because the lawn care professional would probably not be happy with me. Although you have consistently tried to kill your lawn. And we've always brought it back. Hey, I was told you can't, can't do anything that won't kill it. I've yet to be able to kill the lawn. And I tried. <laughs> I tried. You've raked it. You've thatched it. You've power raked it. And oh my goodness, you, you beat the lawn up quite a bit. And it's always come back. Hey, and I found, do not advise of doing this, but um, did find like random bags of bug killer and fertilizer and... I don't know, one was a stage four and one was a stage two bag of something. Right. Just threw that on the yard just to see what would happen. Long came back. It was fine. Which hence always gives the go ahead, try killing it. Go for it. Go for it. Give me a challenge. Right. And I've yet to do it. I make it, I get a little worried when I get the uh, Thatcher out there and when I do the walk behind, not the power one. But uh, the walk behind one, because I get that sucker, you know, quarter inch deep into the ground. And I really, I till up the yard. That yard is brown. It is recommended from the uh, people who have actually been like educated and studied things of lawn care and turf culture and yada, yada. Not to do it the way I do it. Correct. Um, But to do a a dethatching, a removal of the thatch layer, Springtime is a fairly good one to do it with. Again, make sure your soil temperatures are like 50 degrees or more. Okay. Because that's when the grass is actively growing and you're going to shock it by ripping on it. But it should grow through it. Well, I do have a a good question for you. Yeah. Okay. So this is where I get to waffle into like many different topics. And again, these are all pre-recorded. There is no script. So this is the way we always talk with each other about things. Um. So our garages in Wisconsin. Yes. So this time of the year, like especially in my garage, we've brought the vehicles in and we've got salt on, we got salt, we got dirt, we got pine needles, we got whatever. 
on the concrete floor. This is part of being a homeowner. This is part of being a homeowner. I mean, we always look at garages and we kind of like open up the garage door and we all look at each other and go, yep, it's a Wisconsin garage. So last year, we filled in the concrete holes from the salt from the previous owner. Right. Um, the the previous salt patches, you can tell right where the vehicle was sitting. You know, it drips off the tires and the fenders and stuff like that. And right. the salt is corrosive. And so it broke down the uh, the concrete, concrete a little bit right there. Yeah. Right. So we filled it in with an uh, concrete. A, a, acrylic concrete something or other. Yeah. It was a concrete fill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we painted over the top of it. Right. And then we drove on top of it. Now we've got the wonderful salt crystallists that are growing in the garage. Cool. What is the best way of getting rid of those? The salt stalagmites. Yes. Um, Start by taking a broom and brooming them away. I tried that. They're still there. Okay. Then the next aggressive option would probably be like a squeegee. I have not tried that. I kicked them and then they went away. There you go. But I'm not going to go out there and just like shuffle my feet around there. I'm just kind of curious. Is there like a best way to to really get them out? Or is this like a wait till spring, grab the power washer, which we don't own yet. But you don't think we own one yet. <laughs> but grab the, the, the hose and just hose it. Take the, the deck brush and scrub, scrub, scrub and continue to hose and like take care of get rid of all of this because Mm -hmm. i've noticed that as as we're going in and out and everything like that if we really get it good enough we're actually kicking up that salt and like now the air kind of smells like salt right or you can almost like taste that salt in in the air Mm -hmm. um because we keep a fan going on just because to help dry up the garage floor during the winter time so that way we don't get that nice slick roll of of ice well and, and that's the thing um, kind of the balance of having the epoxy coated garage floor is the concrete now is sealed against absorbing those things. Mm-hmm. And where does it go? So trying to evaporate it with the fan going on, but now you're evaporating the water out of the brine solution. So now you have your stalagmite salty brineness that you're kicking around. It's kind of fun to watch them grow. Right. Um, but at the same time, I want them gone. And I was just kind of curious if there was like a good, good practice. I went and got a different broom and tried to breed because um, I had a push broom right. and that was getting all the dirt out, but it really wasn't getting a whole lot of that salt out. And I'm just kind of curious if there's a good way to get that salt out besides adding water to it and washing out the garage. Because right now we still can't do that. No, that's pretty much you got to wait till spring. And the easiest way is to wait till spring. And then take care of it. I'm not a patient person when it comes to this. I know. Because I really want to go do it like today. Mm -hmm. Well, you can, but then your garage floor is going to be wet. And it will probably freeze. Right. Because we're not quite there yet. It's still too early. Right. We've got like two more. Well, I don't have a hose long enough to reach from the basement. I don't think I have a water spigot in the house. You don't. No. And, And that's on purpose because we don't want. The possibility Homeowners of to do stupid things like take and hook up a hose and well, no, we go just, have fun. We just don't want any possible contamination of stuff to get in the hose and then backflow into drinking water. Oh, very true. Got to got to make sure the drinking water is protected. That's true. And if you're on a municipal source, you know those backflow preventers are mm-hmm. quick and easy, and that helps protect everybody in your neighborhood. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So springtime. Springtime. We, I just gotta wait. Spring cleaning. I just got to squint as I walk through the garage and go, okay, that's kind of gross and disgusting. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, if we were looking at selling a home and we have this this situation, um, any good tips for any sellers out there who've got this situation of having these salt piles? Um, a little bit of water. A little bit of water? Plan on maybe not parking in the garage. Okay. For, for the while. And you can actually, you know, get that cleaned up and use the garage as a staging area. Okay. So with with your garage door down, there's more of an opportunity for things to um, stabilize in temperature in there. So a little bit of water, you know, not hosing everything down, but get a bucket of water and start scrubbing it. A small, short deck brush to agitate that up is probably going to help as well. Okay. And then squeegeeing it out of the garage. Okay. And have to deal with the water outside, 
but hopefully it would, you know, sun come out and warm up your... So do it early in the morning and... Right, or, you know, in the evening and then be careful with it as you leave for work the next morning. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. And um, it's interesting, the different garages that we see. Mm-hmm. And really, I think buyers coming in to look at houses this time of year understand that it's winter out. Right. So not terribly big of an idea. Um, again, that goes to the conversation we had last hour with coaching sellers on where to put effort into things. And I'm not sure this is our first winter with the the coating. The with the coating. Mm-hmm. So I think last winter we didn't really have this much of a problem with the salt buildup. Well, I don't remember it as much. It it was a little bit different winter environment as well. You know, the the winter hit a little bit different. Maybe there was um fewer salting episodes on the ground. So many variables to it. Okay. Um, but actually, like, even the amount of snow that we've had this year. I, it's been minimal. It's been minimal. I, I only remember this year. I'm knocking on wood. Yeah, because it's I'm early really, yet. I'm really, it's early yet. March has always been known for that three foot of snow droppage. We could we could get May Day, you know, before no. Mother's Day. Oh, no. A couple feet. We, we had that a few years ago. We have, but not this year. Um, but anyway, so more of the situation that it's uh, ice and sleet focused. And so they're treating the roads a little bit differently than they had last year. Okay. Just a juxtaposition. And like I said, bare concrete absorbs some of that. So you don't see it, uh, appearing on top as quickly. Okay. Um, I was just curious. So, and the project house has a similar condition. Uh, It's also interesting. The difference between a car versus a pickup truck Mm -hmm. and your pickup truck has much more salt collection to it. I'm more surface area. And um, your tires are bigger as well. And they get a little bit hotter than my car did. Um, so that was leading to some paint failure from the coating that we put on the garage floor. Uh, where the car was didn't have as much failure as where the truck was. And there's only one spot where the truck was that we are going to have to go back through and kind of retouch up. But I think what I'm going to try to do is not put that seal coat on. Sure. I won't put that last clear coat on. I'm just going to try it just flat out with the regular coat. I'll still do the sprinkles. I'll still do the sprinkles. Well, you you do a garage coating. You've got to do the sprinkles. Exactly. Just like when you do the basement floor. <laughs> Let's not bring up the basement floor. So there are a couple things. We'll switch topics now. Okay. If that's okay. Sounds good. That's I can do that. Waffle to something else. All right. Um, Kind of. Funny, interesting things that I came along. Like funny ha-ha or funny hee-hee? A little bit of both. All right. Um, we talk about vacant land a lot. Yes. And new landowners might be interested on um, wildlife that are going through their property. Ooh, yeah. So I had stumbled upon a YouTube video. And for some reason, you know, it's just like those crazy weird things that you just click on because... That's weird, and why not? So the topic was, why is rabbit pee blue in the winter? Rabbit urine. Why does it turn blue in the winter? All right, now I got my curiosity. I know. Do you have blue rabbit pee spots in your yard? I have no rabbits in my yard. Okay, so don't eat the yellow snow, but don't eat the blue snow as well. It's not blue raspberry? <laughs> no. So I'm, I'm going to link this probably on our Facebook page. Excellent. Um. YouTube creator is called Back to Reality, and he goes into depth about odd things like this. He's got a piece of land um, out in the Carolinas, I think. Okay. And he he noticed that there are, you know, rabbit droppings next to the rabbit urine, and that's how he figured out the rabbits were doing this. Okay. And so he started investigating it, and through a series of Google searches, there was actually a formal study by a I believe a combination of a urologist and an, another guy who dealt with um outdoor animal things I mean doctors actually did some studies with why does this happen turns out he lives like 30 minutes away from one of the guys 40 years ago who published this study he's now living next to that doctor so he goes and interviews this doctor 
end of the story goes that it's actually wild buckthorn that's causing this. So buckthorn is like a berry bush. Okay. Uh, buckthorn berries. But it's not the berries that cause the rabbits to have this condition and excrete this in such a color. It's actually when the rabbits take on the branches, you know, and gnaw into the, the, bark, the bark and and, the wood. and eat that. Um, and it's also not when they urinate that this happens because urine out of the animal, in this case, is still amber in color. But once the sun hits it and it gets excited, it causes a... Chemical reaction. Right. So we let, like, photosynthesis, but, you know, photochemical changes, that turns it blue. Interesting. So if you find blue patches in your yard or out in the wilderness, you might have wild buckthorn nearby. Uh-huh. Okay. Things we learn here on uh, Let's Talk Real Estate. You know, trying to mix it up. Exactly. You I know, think we just did. There, there's so much. The studio is going to have so much fun with this episode. Oh, my goodness. They listen to it ahead of time. <laughs> so they actually listen to it on Thursday afternoon. Sure. Right after you send it to them. So they've already heard this. And so they're, they're now starting to come up with little teasers. This should be an interesting one to see what they come up with. You know, I wanted to try to off balance or offset some of the doom and gloom from, you know, economy and the war over in Europe and stuff like that. Right. Bunny rabbits <laughs> is it. I'm trying to make it interesting. Well, that's good. I think you just did. <laughs> so more to come. More to come on our bunny situation or the lack of bunny situation. Okay, again, still moved into Grand Rapids, back in the country, mm-hmm. super excited, zero wildlife. I have squirrels and birds. That's it. No deer, no bunnies, no chickens, no turkeys, nothing. No you, random dog, nothing. Well, we had a random dog. Well, we did. But I think the owner uh, has got him on a little bit better leash now. And I it's getting so. older. I don't think uh, it's coming it, around as much. Right. So, yeah. Um your neighbor's house has deer walking around, but not yours. Not mine. They stay away from my my yard, so I don't know what I did to it. Now, over at the project house, my goodness, it is like in the middle of the woods, even though it's I still in a think you should like grab one of them, kidnap them, and put them into the truck or into a vehicle and drive them over here and release them into my yard. Got deer over there. Got possum. So you're not gonna like got try to and moles. take a deer. From Port and move it to Grand Rapids just for kicks and giggles? Nope. nope I think it'd be kind of fun. All right. So, okay, different topic. Different topic. Are we waffling into something else animal related or no, real no. estate related? Well, let's go with real estate related. All right. Yeah. Excellent. So we had our, our kickoff. kickoff meeting for the firm. Yes. And, and JR had... It came out to be about a three-hour presentation, and we got very excited about what Coldwell Banker Seward and Coldwell Banker as a brand are it, going to be doing here in this upcoming year. Exactly. And we kind of recapped what happened last, last year. year. Um, in comparison to other firms in the area, we're a fairly small office as far as number of agents. And we're an all-female office, except it's, for JR. And so all of his, all of his, his agents are full female. And it's exciting that we've got some new faces coming into the office. So, mm-hmm. so that's as well. But the amount of customers that our firm has helped throughout the year last year per agent was far more than the, any of the other firms in our area. Correct. Now, some of the other firms do have more agents than we do, but they're, you know, aggregate per agent production or, you know, how many customers that each agent helped statistically um, was about half. Right. So, of course, that that is a statistical thing. Right. right? But it just shows that even though as a small office we were in 2021, we were really helping a lot of people. We were. We did a fabulous job. Um, a lot of things that you might see us around, we're one of the premier local experts for Realtor.com. Yes, we are. Um, a lot of different people find their favorite online um, search platform. 
So we always like MyRapids.com or MyNacusa.com. Mm-hmm. And that brings you right to the Codal Banker Seward website. Um, people might trust Realtor.com. That's sponsored or it's a part of the Association of Realtors. Mm-hmm. Zillow is very popular and we're a part of that. So you'll see our faces pop up a lot there too as well. Yes. Of course, like I said, CodalBanker.com is exceptional. Um there's and Cobalt Banker is getting a new a facelift, right? For so, our national website, so that's going to get a face a new facelift. So if you go out there and you take a look at it today, I believe next week sometime is going to be is going to get spruced up. It's going to go all sparkles, right? Okay, we don't know what it really looks like, but um, it's going to get spruced up. So I'm looking forward to that. And if you're a basketball fan. Um, a lot of those campaigns from Codal Banker are launched during March Madness time. Mm-hmm. Um, golfing is also going to be a hot focus, and we're excited about that because we have a lot of golf-related activities here in central Wisconsin. Yes, that we do. But because we're so invested in those different website platforms, we get a lot of leads from that as well. Mm-hmm. Thousands of buyer leads come to us. <clears throat> so if you're curious about who you want to list your house with, uh, one thought process is list your house with a firm that has a, a lot of leads coming in. That way they can match a buyer to your property very, very quickly. And they also think that if they look at, at an office of, hey, you've got 15 people working and this office over here only has five or they got 10 or 12, they're like, I want to go with the office that has got the most people. But we did a breakdown of our office, area offices, mm-hmm. the breakdown of people in their per agent bring in, or not, I don't want to say take home, but how much each agent actually produces in that office for the number of people that they have. And that's our goal is to match sellers and buyers together. Obviously, that's how you get houses sold, right? Mm-hmm. So we're excited for that. You're going to hear more of us on different radio stations. There's going to be ads. You might be able to see us on the television, even though you're streaming everything virtually. Mm-hmm. We're excited for the new year. And we're going to be out in the community yet all throughout the summer. We're definitely going to be down by lunch by the river. So definitely come out and chat. Find us. We'll be having some lunch, but definitely come on and sit down, have lunch with us. We'll love to chat with you while you're eating. And um, it's going to be a great summer. Great activities down by the river. And a lot of other community events as well. And we're going to have the Chamber of Commerce come on and and kind of give us a heads up on what the summer is going to um, provide for the area. Right. And we got the Bunny Run. That's, I believe, our next event that will be coming up on April 2nd. April 2nd. Uh, registration starts at 10. Run starts at 1030. We're going to have, it's going to be a great time. And we're going to have Miss Wisconsin Rapids. So Cassidy Saris is going to be coming down. And I know that I just said her, her last name wrong because her mama would be a pointing that out to me, but Cassidy is going to be there and she's going to be handing out the awards to the top overall male and female for first, second, and third. So that's going to be exciting. So there's going to be some awards be given out. Where is that? That's going to be over at Riverside Park down in Nakusa. So if you know where Sacred Heart Church is, right across the street from Sacred Heart Church is going to be Riverside Park. And that's where we're going to start and finish. Hopefully we'll be into actual spring at that time. I'm really hoping so. That we're going to be in real, real spring. But I know that it's always been a cooler run. Yeah. So definitely dress appropriately. Last year was my first year watching it and partaking in it, and it was rainy. Ew. But um, dress appropriately, and it will still be a fun time. And Cassidy will be there, Miss Wisconsin Rapids. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this will air before or after, but there's also... Uh, we went over to the Nakusa Community Center, mm-hmm. and they've got a backpack drop-off. They've got the backpack drop-off for the for the Nakusa School District. So again, that's going to be that runs until the end of March. Okay. So ends March thirty first. So they're looking for that ready to eat foods. So the Chef Boyardee, you know, macaroni and cheese, that sort of thing. So that way, those kids who need that little bit of help for those families that need that help throughout the weekend to make sure that they have some nourishment through the weekend to be able to come back for school on Monday, you know, not hungry. So we've got the backpack for, for kids 
for the drop-off over there at the Nakusa Community Center. And you finally got a tour. I did get a tour of the Nakusa Community Center. And we took some video, so we're going to publish a video a little bit later on with that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the backpack uh, food drive, should the people actually purchase a backpack and put the food in it, or can they just... No, they can just purchase the food. You can go down to the Peg or your favorite shopping place and pick up some, like I said, those non-perishable food items and drop them off. There is a tote in the beginning when you first walk into the center that you can drop everything off at. So I believe the center opens up at seven o'clock in the morning. So you can drop them off all day long. And I believe the doors close at 430. And if you happen to be there and the doors are locked, I believe you just give Heather a call and she'll hop on over and open up the doors for you. And we had Heather on the podcast a few weeks ago, a month Mm -hmm. or two ago, whatnot. No, it was, it was be, it was about pumpkin. Pumpkin about pumpkins. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It was about pumpkins. Pumpkin time, you know, the time of year. Um, So go back to the archives. Did she come back then again too, when she started with the community center? Possibly. Yeah, because she's, yeah, she was there for the pumpkins and she came back for the community center. So go back in the uh, podcast history and find that interview. And we talked a lot about the community center. Mm-hmm. It's actually actually a really good asset for Nakusa. Um, oh, yeah. That When we were there, they had a uh, funeral luncheon that was coming in. Um, but small conference rooms as well that you can rent. Um, the, uh, the local VFW, I think, meets there yes. often. Yep, the Nakusa VFW. So, yeah. Excited for that. And they have microwaves in every single room. I like to call them popcorn makers. Well, you're not entirely wrong. No, they make my popcorn. Okay, so onto our styled, staged, and sold blog. Excellent. What do we got? So again, this is a a weekly presentation that's sponsored by the National Association of Realtors. We should try to reach out to them, see if we can get Melissa Dittman Tracy. Perhaps. Perhaps. Just see if we can get a little... See if we can get her on. She, she, okay. So NAR also does a podcast radio show mm-hmm. and they usually do a hot or not style trend. And she normally comes on and does that. Okay. I haven't listened to that podcast in a while, far enough to get to the hot or not segment. Okay. We've just been busy. That's true. We have been. But it usually correlates with the style staged and sold blog as well, because okay. she is the staff editor for that. Okay. So yeah. Maybe we'll reach out and let them know that we have something awesome here in central Wisconsin, too. And see uh, she would like to join in on and kind of chat, talk about some of the stuff that she puts on this. It's also nice that we have local experts as well, local uh, styling and stagers. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we had Renee on, so that was a really, really good episode. I think we aired that one twice because that was our favorite one, and so we recapped it over the Christmas holiday. Oh, excellent. So... Today's blog from NAR is how designers are channeling the 2022 colors of the year. Ooh. Periwinkle blue and shades of green are appearing in more homes. Interior designers reveal how they're incorporating these hues into the home decor. Okay. So periwinkle blue and shades of green. All right. I'm envisioning some sort of avocado baby Yoda green. That I just covered up. That is going to be back in style. It, it, it is. Yeah. From Sherwin-Williams, their color is called Evergreen Fog. Benjamin Moore is October Mist. Glidden is simply called Guacamole. Okay. And PPG is Olive Sprig. So Lance Thomas from Thomas Guy Interiors says, I think the green tones in Evergreen Fog, October Mist, Guacamole, and Olive Sprig will be a bit more popular while very peri will be more impactful. It's a deeper hue. It's got more pigment in it. Okay. Lance says, the soft, earthy greens of aforementioned colors feel palatable and user-friendly for homeowners. They will pair well with cream, yellow, and black. Some of my favorite colors. Right. Especially black. He goes on to say, on the other hand, very peri is nuanced and unfamiliar which will inspire designers to explore its possibilities. It would pair nicely with navy, white, tan, and green. 
So we've got some simple examples. Um, the retro fridge. The retro fridge with that really deep, almost a royal blue. Mm-hmm. Um, Think in cobalt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a little bit more vibrant than cobalt, but same lines. Yeah. Um, of course, the green with the greenery and the limes pair well with blue, you know, complementary sort of colors. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe blue is on blues and greens are kind of on the opposite side to the oranges and yellows. So with butcher block cabinets and white trim accents, that makes sense as well, such as in this picture. He's also got the open shelves that are painted white mm-hmm. with the white Borden Batten wall treatment. And on the shelves are displayed the classic blue and white oriental decor china pieces, plateware and uh, pots and whatnot. So that's interesting. Uh, the other one is the greens. Again, come in with fabric on the footstools and also very lightly as wallpaper print. So a cream with the uh, the light green as well. And it's really unique that the... Uh Footstools are kind of the flower shaped. I call it the 1970s flower power look to it. It's not the traditional square right. or round. I mean, it's got some really, it, looking at it, it's very nice. It's got that texture. It's got a little bit more depth of, it's not the normal round. Looks quite the, nice. They, these definitely have very mid-century from, mm-hmm. from, I'd say, the 50s into 70s yep. vibes going on. Everything old is new again. Yes. So the uh, leopard print pillows kind of illustrate that as well. Small print, though. Small print. print. Uh, Mary Patton from Mary Patton Design says, One of my favorite color combinations is periwinkle and peach. Okay, so periwinkle is that that deep cobalt royal bluish. Excuse me. It can be used in any room, but I love it for a bedroom. And the the blues have always been... uh, calming color you know think the blue of the ocean and the waves and that Mm -hmm. type of thing uh peach again is a very complementary color and that's why that blue goes well with the wood tones well in this picture too they painted the walls and the ceiling the same color right so it's blue blue on top we're normally we're used to the traditional the ceiling is white or if they're going to match it to the wall color it's taking the lightest hue of that color and the swatch and painting that ceiling color. I'm almost curious if I took the uh, ceiling in our house and painted it the darker gray mm-hmm. that's in the in the office, how that would help with the gray on the walls. Well, I would defer you to an appropriate interior designer because that gets that gets kind of challenging. For instance, especially when you do it with a bedroom, High ceilings are a good time to do it because it'll uh, kind of close it in a little bit and drop the ceiling height. Mm-hmm. Uh, normal standard eight foot tall ceilings uh, depends on the room space. So and and what you have in it as well. With the living room has got a lot of natural light coming in, so it wouldn't be too bad, I think. But you know, the interior designer would be able to tell you exactly what would be right for your room, um, and the be able to look at it quickly and say, no, don't do that because it's going to become a cave. That's true. I don't like that cave feeling effect. But some people do. Yeah. So in this particular bedroom, uh, floor to ceiling drapes, which let the natural light spill out the top of it and actually illuminate the edge of the ceiling where it meets the wall. So that's kind of neat. Uh, They paired it with a white, a little bit cream, almost white, uh, carpet and accents as well. Right. Um, and the rug brings the colors together. Let's see. <clears throat> she says, as for evergreen fog, October mist and other shades of green, I like that they are sophisticated and not hyper feminine. Soft greens have become a chic neutral. That is a little bit different. She also notes that beyond the wall color, I would use the green in upholstery fabric. Upholstery tends to wear this color well, especially in a high-performance velvet. So this picture 
uh, next, they did the uh, kind of mid-tone, almost a deep green on the wall and the coffered ceiling. Right. I would say it's more like a sage. Correct. Mm -hmm. The chandelier is, again, a retro from the 70s. The uh, kind of sputnik where it's got the center um, ball, ball, but the three or four foot spikes spikes off the... Yeah, it's kind of neat. At our house, we would have called that the Christmas death toy. Because we had one, so it was like a star. It was like a multi-pointed star, and we hung them from the ceiling and didn't realize the weight of them. And the thumbtack we used was not exactly strong enough to stick and hold and nailed one of the kids in the head and kind of drew some blood. So they named it the Christmas Death Toys because once you hit them, you were going to draw blood. So just to be clear... You were taking Christmas ornaments and putting them up on the ceiling, dangling from strings. Yeah. Okay. With thumbtacks. In this particular picture, it is I a, know it's probably secured a whole lot better. It is a light fixture that's permanently wired into the house and is well above height head height. <laughs> it's okay. We would rename it. So this deep sage green um, also pairs very well with blue accent pillows. Mm-hmm. And they chose... A mid-tone brown leather-looking sofa. Kind of, again, that feng shui feeling to it, where we've got our earth, earth, wind, and water. Right. Mm-hmm. I yep, think I'm missing one, but earth, fi- Fire. Fire. But, but we don't like to talk about that with houses. Nope. And, and they do actually have that incorporated as well. The coffee table. Okay. Uh, large, wooden, but it's a waterfall edge, and it's a, a very mottled piece oh, okay. of wood. So with it being the orange color that it is and the modeling that gives a very, you know, flame sort of okay. uh, a fire texture to it. Yeah. Uh, earthen with the green walls and the dark brown sofa and then blue for the water. Yeah. It's very organic. Well, let's go to the next picture. They chose a, a sage green, that, that dark green horizontal patterned or horizontal textured wallpaper mm-hmm. um, looks almost like a bamboo or a rice paper I think I'm not really digging this one correct um, under the wallpaper they've split the wall into thirds so the top two thirds are the wallpaper the bottom third is a white wainscot uh, wall paneling which is kind of classy um, but yeah it's a particular taste with the wallpaper specifically Either that, it's the chairs that are kind of throwing it off with their light fixture. I'm just... Okay, again, it's it's very mid-century modern. Yeah. Um, almost 60s vibes because the chairs are... Um, he, how would you describe them other than 60s? But they're, they're uh, leather-covered, short-backed, um, wraparound chairs almost with mm-hmm. the spindle metal legs. Um. Again, very organic kind of Frank Lloyd Wright table in the center. They've got the center post that's very organic, almost like a, a drop of water had spilled over. Right. And the light fixture is, again, that ball and chain sort of looking, looking right. deal. Painted gold, which is neat. Oh, let's see what the next one is. So this next picture is from Mel Bean, Mel Bean Interiors. Melbean is known for her bold combinations. We see this below in the pictures provided. She has used colors in the periwinkle family for both wall coverings and upholstery. It is actually very versatile as it works well in a multitude of spaces, Bean says. Periwinkle can be used for the walls and great options for painting furniture and cabinetry as well. So she's Done it as a slight bit of denim, mm-hmm. a denim-esque covering on the uh, barrel chair and paired that with tans and creams with a rug on hardwood flooring and a distressed sort of paint on the cabinetry as well in, the, in that cream. So um, dusting the cream with uh, browns and whatnot to make it distressed it all kind of blends together. The wall covering looks to be a, a gray on the uh, the primary wall but on the wall with the windows windows having white casement and it's again the periwinkle blue that matches 
the denim chair. Okay. So kind of like that accent wall is uh, the wall with the windows on it. Okay. Um, I do think that's a good technique if you're going with uh, bold colors on an accent wall. The bold colors being uh, mixed with the windows kind of tones it down. And then if you have the window treatments as well, you can cut even more of that color out if you need to. Let's see what the next one is. An office space. Yeah, office space. And the one after that is a movie theater. They're very similar because they're using uh, fabric on the wall, almost like a wallpaper. Okay. Um, especially the fabric on the wall is good in the movie theater setting because it absorbs a lot of the reflected sounds. But in the office, they're doing, again, the uh, the horizontal wallpaper that, that looks like that um, bamboo or like a rice paper. The color is... Um, uh, a modeled color or more of an ombre where it'll go between a dark and light of the same shade. It's kind of neat, I think. This one I really like. I mean, I like the the blue that they picked and then they accented like the shelving behind it in a darker blue. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a midnight blue. With a, a satin sheen. Right. Where it looks very nice. And they did the same thing for the uh, movie theater situation. I think it's the same same palette kind of all the way through. So you've got your movie theater and your office in the same room it's a nice pairing between everything it blends very nicely and then choosing a a carpet that almost has a texture to it or a a modeled finish that's in that same dark blue periwinkle family with the with the creams uh, the, the creams yeah um this happens to be in like an egyptian I forget what the style is, but it's uh, kind of a, a interwoven sort of interlocking pattern. Okay. Again, popular with some of Frank Lloyd Wright's. Um, You'll think more, of the name at 2 a.m. I will. I will. Um, he did this sort of pattern in a house, uh, actually a couple houses over in California. Um, Frank Lloyd Wright went on a, a wild streak and did more of the Aztec feel. So that's that. Uh, let's move on to the next one here. It's a dining room that um, kind of passes through to a, a kitchen area. Oh, I'm sorry. It we got is, our beach house. It is in the kitchen, so it's a dining room in the kitchen. It's the eat-in kitchen. It's the eat-in kitchen. Instead of having the large island in the center, they plopped a dining table there. Awesome. And this looks very beachy. It does. Now, why does it look beachy? Well... Uh, obviously, the color. The colors. They picked Co- the colors. We've got three different tones going on with our blues. Right. Well, we got our, our two blues, but then I want to say that's almost like a gray. The it, blue and gray mixed together is quite nice, and it's very relaxing. Right. So d- doing almost a uh, polished concrete floor. So that would be a nice gray. Um, and then the rug that's underneath the dining table is a striated blue with cream through it. Uh, the dining table and chairs are stark white with a wooden butcher block top to the, the table. Mm-hmm. Um, crisscross legs. It, it looks almost like a... Uh, a picnic table. Right. Yeah. A picnic table. Where I was thinking like one that with like the drop down legs, you know, that, that kind of crisscross to it. Card table. Almost. Oh, okay. But no, it, picnic table is... Picnic table. Picnic table. Let's go with picnic table. But chairs next up to it. A simple fan on the ceiling, so there's no light fixture. But because it's in the kitchen, the kitchen cabinets are only on the bottom. There's no upper cabinets. And even though the countertop, again, it looks like either a solid stone or the concrete that's been polished, which would be gray. And then the cabinetry is that darker periwinkle blue. Right. And it almost looks like the pass-through is leading into like another, like a prep area. Sure. Because you can see the cabinets on the wall, but they're in the other room. And we got the big pass-through window yet, too. Right. So definitely interesting. Like you say, very beachy. Maybe this is more of the outdoor patios. Situation. Right. Uh, Florida, what what they call it, a uh, lanai. Lanai. Mm-hmm. Just got to get down to Florida and check it out again. There we go. The next one is from uh, Brittany Farnas, House of One. She says, very Perry is calming, but still so chic. 
We're actually working on a gorgeous custom headboard with lavender color right now, which we're all very excited about. I think Very Perry could look amazing in any type of upholstery, whether that be accent pillows, throws, or the bed itself. Very Perry is a versatile and pretty color that can add interest into almost any space. So that periwinkle blue being a little bit on the purple end of blue. Mm -hmm. um, let's see, this particular picture, they've paired that purple as the upholstery on the chairs with black metal frames. Uh, looks almost like they've painted the uh, the banquet table in that dark blue, but I know that's just reflection, so it's probably black. Yeah. Well, the exposed beams, I'm kind of curious if that's the, in that blue or they're in black too as well. I can't see from this far. And I, I'm I'm not sure either. Okay. Uh, it's either black or that very, very midnight version of that blue, which it, I think is pretty classy. Mm -hmm. um, the beamed ceiling... In between the beams is the uh, kind of tugging, tongue and groove, a uh, board and batten type, type deal. I'm sorry. Um, what What's our favorite? Shiplap. Shiplap. There we go. It's that shiplap, but in white. Okay. And then the beams are, are that stark, dark blue or black color. Um, of course, the rest of the wall is painted white. It's got gold accents on the light fixtures. And this one happens to look out over the pool, which is very summertime and I'm going to get even more depressed going back out to the car and seeing piles of snow here. Yes. The next one, uh, next picture here looks to be in a uh, studio loft, you know, big city. We can see out the windows to the wonderful cityscape overlooking the view of the bay or the, the, the ocean water. Um, so with all those windows coming in, they've got a tufted Davenport, tufted couch. A lot of the dark blue accents with the pillows, but the velvet of that periwinkle blue couch is is just luxurious. Um, they've also taken that into large, round um, footstools. And then that's all on top of, again, a large light blue and tan uh, area rug. Okay. The flooring, again, it looks like that polished concrete, so I don't. I don't know. In this case, it might just be a, a high-quality vinyl floor. So that's that's really popular. I know you were looking for flooring for the house yourself. Yeah, and yeah. We're trying to find a flooring for the kitchen and laundry room. <clears throat> so that the the gray colors, you know, the gray palette of either the the vinyl floor or the uh, tile itself. I, you see that a lot when you're looking through it, and I think this is why it's so popular. It goes mm -hmm. with so many different colors. Um, here to conclude the article, they give a combination of swatches that pair textures and the actual colors between the blues versus the tans, so you can kind of get an idea. I'm going to share this with the Facebook page so we can get it up on the internet. Excellent. I, I know it's challenging to listen to someone's description over the radio and trying to imagine, but we do our best. We do. We try our best. That's one of the other interesting things about being in real estate is that we get to go out to um, different houses and see how different people decorate their homes. And especially then if we meet the sellers, we get a feel on their lifestyle versus how they decorate for that and well, where they get pieces and parts Kind of take our, our house on 11th Street. Mm -hmm. When we had to go and repaint everything, we had the, pretty much the hotel colors up front. We realized that we picked out the same exact colors that we see every single day at our job. It's comfortable. It was comfortable. It was very calm. It was very relaxing. But we didn't realize it until someone pointed out of, isn't this the same color as the hotel? But then in the back in the bedrooms, we managed to paint everything gray. And at the time, we had a son heading into the military, so we had battleship gray. Well, he was he heading into the navy. He was heading into the yeah into the navy. So we ended up painting everything gray, except for the bathroom. Right. The bathroom was a nice sage green, which was really nice. It was nicely done. But and you were ahead of your time compared to I know what these uh, colors are for this but year. But the new bathroom coming in, I could go back to. My greens. 
and it's easy to find pre-finished cabinetry that's in that gray tone, which goes well with the sage. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do a wainscot paneling. You know, um, I want to make it simple, or just paint. Paint. You know, have a cherry rail and paint below it. Paint that all white, mm-hmm. and have your color above that. There's a lot of options, right? Um, these, a lot of these options are so easy to find and and pre-finished packages. Like when you go to the box store and you get your vanity, you're going to get a vanity that also comes with the countertop and probably a molded in sink. Right. And so that'll be like a solid, solid surface countertop and it's, you know, you, you can get it pre-finished in the color that you want. Making sure that it's a neutral color that can stand the test of time. And the more we look at these examples on the internet, we see simple Standard colors don't go crazy with your countertops as far as being the periwinkle color. Right. Or the... Keep it neutral. Right. Keep keep the countertop neutral. But go crazy on everything else. Because you can paint the other stuff really, really easy. Right. But even if you choose tan and taupe and browns, those are, are always going to be fairly popular depending on how wild you get with them. Yeah. Um, we found that getting cast iron tubs in... The 1970s colors don't stand the test of time too well. No, they don't. That has not come back into the proper colors yet. Everywhere else in the bathroom, just not, not the, the, tub. the tubs so much. <laughs> so keep your tubs white. Yes. Um, even if tile, if you're looking to tile your tub and shower surround, there's been a lot of trends that have come and gone with that as well. Uh, Crisp white subway tiles are always going to be popular. Mm-hmm. And then um, some of the accent colors, uh, glass tiles were very popular a while ago. I think they'll come into play again. So yeah. do what you, what you enjoy. Right. You know, you're the one who's going to have to see that shower every day. So anything else you have comment on about housing and whatnot? Just give us a call. Let's sit down. Let's chat. What's your number? All right, it is 715-323-2577. And we can check out our websites at you know, our Facebook and Instagram, but also myrabbits.com and mynacusa.com. Sounds good. All right, have a great Central Wisconsin day, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye.